Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Your hosts are Joseph and Madison Whalen, a father and daughter team making their way through the challenges of the teenage years. Welcome to Insights into Teens. This is episode 94, Current Events Insurrection. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my intelligent and astute co-host, Madison Whalen. Hi, everyone. How you doing today, Maddie? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, that does not sound very encouraging at all. Is anything wrong? i uh, just kind of tired. Oh, I see. Long week? Mm, kind of. Yeah, we can have those from time to time. So this week we're going to be talking about something that is not teen-specific, but I think affects all Americans and probably a lot of people around the world. And that's the events that happened last week, uh, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday before on January 6th in Washington, D.C. We had... Some protests, we had some riots, and we had what amounted to an insurrection against the government during a joint session of Congress when they were trying to certify the results of the recent presidential election. And a lot of stuff has happened. There's a lot of things that we don't know still. But it was kind of a scary moment. Um, I watched it live on CNN from work on a news feed. And I think as a lot of people watched it, there was a lot of questions that came up, certainly from the adults uh, at my company and the people that I've talked to since then. And I know a lot of kids, it's, it's tough to avoid the media exposure. So a lot of kids have seen this too. And, and I think there's a lot of questions that kids might have as well. So today we're going to talk about, you know, what happened, what the implications were, and uh, kind of give some pointers to the parents out there about how to talk to your kids about this sort of thing and and how to ease fears and anxieties and stuff like that that might crop up as a result of this and stuff moving forward. So before we do that, I do want to encourage folks to subscribe to the podcast. You can get our audio versions listed as Insights into Teens and video versions of all of our podcasts are on one stream. If you look up Insights into Things, we're listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and Pandora. I would also invite folks to reach out to us and give us your feedback. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can hit us on Twitter at insights underscore things. You can hit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast. On Instagram, we're at insightsintothings. 
And uh, if those all fail, you can always reach out to us through feedback and comments on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Are we ready to get into it? As ready as we'll ever be. Oh, boy, that sounds good. Here, <laughs> here we go. So before we get into the proverbial meat and potatoes of, this, of the discussion, I think it's important to talk about some terms that we're going to that are going to surface a lot during this discussion. And the first being protest. So a protest is an expression or declaration of objection, disapproval, dissent, uh, often in opposition to something a person is powerless to prevent or avoid. For instance, you could uh, protest against taxes. So that's, you know, peaceful protest, exercising your First Amendment right. Everyone in the country has the ability to do that. Sometimes those progress into something a little bit more that's called a riot. So a riot is a noisy, violent public disorder caused by a group or crowd of persons, as by a crowd protesting against another group, a government policy, etc. in the streets. And then if you take it even further than that, you'll have what we're going to discuss today, and that is an insurrection. An insurrection is an act or instance of rising in revolt, rebellion, or resistance against civil authority or an established government. So that's the terms that we're working with today. Did you have any questions, concerns, or anything else to add to those? So a protest is like just a peaceful way to go against um, something, like taxes. Exactly. A riot is when you start disturbing the peace, you start dis disturbing people who really have no part in it, and, um, you start to get a little more violent. Right. And an insurrection, um, is just, in on an even larger scale, um, so. Yeah, so an, inner, an insurrection is when you're so a protest is when there's something that you disagree with that you want to have changed, and you go out and you march and you pick it and you, you plead your case. Mm -hmm. A riot is when something like that becomes violent, mm. and people get riled up. You have this mob mentality. People start breaking windows, and people get hurt. An insurrection is when you take a riot or a group of people like that, and you direct them to the purpose of interfering with or overthrowing a government operation. Ah. That's what an insurrection is. Insurrection is a is a purposeful act of defiance against the government of some sort. Okay, that makes sense. So that's that's kind of the the context in which we're going to operate on here. So the next thing I wanted to do now that we have those terms down is talk about what happened. <clears throat> so the way that the process of electing a president works. And we talked about this when we had our, our you running for president podcast, we kind of talked about the basics. So the general election happens, the votes are counted. Those votes then determine how many electoral votes each state casts for a candidate for president. Mm -hmm. The votes are certified at the state level. The state then elects their electors. 
Okay. Based on that certification. Then those electors go to Washington and cast their ballots. And then the Congress, Senate, and uh, House of Representatives certify those results. And at that point in time, it's written in stone once they're certified. Okay. So on January 6th, that certification happens. Okay. And it's really a symbolic gesture. Because at that point in time, the results are already known. Everybody knows who won. The states have certified. You can't change the results at that point in time. Leading up to this point, there were disputes on the part of the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign thought that they won. Um, They went to court. They had a dozen or more lawsuits that they brought. They demanded recounts. They got the recounts. The recounts didn't change the election. Most of the lawsuits, with the exception of, I think, one in Pennsylvania, had all been thrown out of court because there wasn't sufficient evidence because they were alleging voter fraud. They were alleging um, voter machine tampering, uh, all kinds of things. And they failed to provide a body of proof that stood up in court. Mm-hmm. And they, they were well within their their legal rights to make all these challenges and demand the recounts and all that stuff. So there wasn't anything unusual about that. Mm -hmm. But after all that, and after all the results came in and and everything basically proved that Joe Biden had won the election, Donald Trump still disputed it. Mm -hmm. And he got his followers worked up about this. So January 6th, Wednesday, uh, two weeks ago, was really the last step in this process. And there was, at this point in time, nothing that could be done to change the election. Mm -hmm. One of the things in this process of certification is the vice president who serves as the president of Congress symbolically signs off on this and certifies it. So one of the things that the president was trying to do was to get Vice President Pence to not certify it, uh, which was not within his legal power to do so. And I don't know if President Trump didn't understand that, didn't want to understand that, wasn't advised correctly, but he was putting pressure on Vice President Pence to do something that he couldn't do because he was just there as a symbolic gesture. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they could do is that you could have senators who disputed results of specific states. Okay. And there was a number of states that were in question, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and so forth. So you had a number of senators basically come out publicly beforehand and say, all right, I'm going to protest this. And there's a process in place where if someone raises a protest to it, there's a discussion, they could discuss it up to two hours, and then a vote is cast. Well, because the majority of Republicans and Democrats have accepted the election. There was no way that a vote was going to overturn any of the state's elections. Mm. So it was a delay tactic. So the morning of July 6th, January 6th, before that process of certification started, the president and his supporters held a rally outside the White House. We still don't know a lot about what happened in the interim. But it seems, you know, the president was still refusing the results of the election. 
and he was still alleging all these false claims that the election was stolen, that he had clearly won the election in a landslide, which no evidence supported that he did. Hmm. So what he did was he had a bunch of people speak. His personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, his kids spoke and stuff. And they all had suggestive language in their speeches. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean, you know, foul language or anything like that, but the suggestive language was, you know, one one comment was something to the effect of, well, we'll take the fight to you or we'll 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 contest this in battle or something like that. It was it was a lot of language that people now after the fact are saying incited violence mm. to the point that that Donald Trump got these people all worked up, told them to go march on the Capitol and even suggested I'll be with you marching on the Capitol. So after this rally, all these people wound up going down to the Capitol and there was a perimeter, a fairly flimsy security perimeter around it hmm. that they breached. And they eventually wound up getting into the building and they wound up damaging the building. And there was some threats of violence. There were some people who were violent. We had a total of five people wind up losing their lives. So a lot of stuff happened here. But what we saw in this process was a progression through those terms that we talked about. So it started out as a peaceful protest or demonstration. It moved into a riot as it started to get violent. And then it got to the point where when they penetrated inside the building, they were actively trying to interfere with the peaceful transfer of power of the presidency. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where even senators and congressmen who were in there had to be evacuated for their safety. And a lot of this is attributed to what Donald Trump had said immediately prior to this. Mm -hmm. He had made some very inflammatory remarks about Mike Pence insulting him and, and vilifying him to his crowd and then sent that crowd down to the Capitol building where he was. Wow. And Mike Pence was in there because it was his job and, you know, his family was in attendance there too. So his life was really being threatened at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, there were people that had pipe bombs there. There were people that had... Guns and weapons. Uh, there were people that had restraints, zip tied restraints, and evidence has now come out suggesting that some participants had ex had gone in there with the intent of capturing or killing members of Congress in an attempt to stop this peaceful transfer of power. Really? So that's what happened at that time. So knowing all that and. And I didn't cite any sources here because a lot of the accounts that I have here came from multiple news sources, CNN, Fox News, USA Today. The information is readily available, so anyone can go out there and look it up if they want to look it up. Mm -hmm. So based on all of that, what are your thoughts? What was the first thing that crossed your mind when you saw this, this happening? Well... Um, although I didn't entirely have any background, um, I remember that I was 
Um, I think in my room, I had been done with school for the day, and Mommy was in the studio, and she ended up coming in and telling and telling me she was kind of disappointed with the country, and uh, t- and told me about what happened. And later on, when I learned more about it, I really got kind of scared and kind of sad, because, like... This is really not what should be happening. It's really kind of dark, and I was, I'll admit, I was kind of scared by it, and I really didn't want to pay too much attention from it since I was just horrified by it. I tried to not watch the news as much as I could, um, but I knew about it, and I knew about the danger everyone was in and learning about like afterwards when pe when like they started when they ended up getting like caught and they talked and they talked about why they were doing it like their reasoning wasn't justifiable in the slightest and it made me kind of angry because these people exist and they just want it seems like they just want to basically burn down the the government and start a new one on their own. Yeah, and it's it's funny you mention it in that context because a lot of these people who consider themselves supporters of Donald Trump consider themselves patriots. You know, I love my country, I love my flag, I'm a patriot, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and try to overthrow the government, which is quite contrary to what you would expect a patriot to do. Yeah. So let's take a little break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about what the outcome of those events are at this point in time. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Welcome back. We are talking uh, insurrection today, which is kind of a strange topic for us. Yep. But strange times, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought this was an important enough topic that we kind of had to go over. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, what was the outcome of the events of January 6th? And the immediate outcome was the attempt to stop the certification of the election results failed. So President-elect Joe Biden has been certified and he will be inaugurated and sworn in on January 20th. All right. 
And another immediate thing that has to be talked about was five people lost their lives during this. There were four protesters, uh, one of which who was shot as they were trying to breach the, the actual ground, the building of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. uh, three others died after the fact from medical complications, and one Capitol police officer passed away during all this. Now, the Capitol police are the security force for the, the senators, the congressmen, and the grounds of the Capitol. Okay. Uh, they're a regular police force, they're armed, they're trained, they're investigative, and it's their job to maintain order and, and safety in the capital. Mm -hmm. They're limited in their number, though. If anyone watched the videos of the insurrection of the capital, you'll know that they were easily overwhelmed by the number of protesters and rioters that showed up. So for these Capitol Police to stand their ground and try to evacuate the, our elected officials and keep them and their families safe, it's a heroic act. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a few hundred maybe police officers on site versus thousands of angry rioters who, after the fact we learned, had weapons and were violent um, to the point that people were even throwing fire extinguishers at Capitol Police to hurt them. For these men to stand their ground and, and do their jobs and protect the people that were their responsibility was the definition of heroism, mm -hmm. to put your own life on the line to protect others. Yeah. Unfortunately, one member of the Capitol Police lost his life during that struggle. Another outcome is that many members of the president's own party have now broken away from him and are against him at this point in time. Mm. So you have like some key Republican elected officials who aren't behind the, the president anymore. What are your thoughts on, on these couple of outcomes? Well, I'm glad that the attempt to stop the certification did fail. Um, I'm honestly really glad that it did fail. Um, because just the... The fact that it was all caused just to get uh, the president-elect to be certified was kind of dark. And the fact that people believed the lies that Donald Trump had won the election um, and they ended up resorting to violence since there was no other way. I mean, I'm just glad that they failed at this point. Yeah. Um, also, the five deaths. Um, I definitely think that it shouldn't have resulted in any deaths, even if maybe some of the people who were rioting might have deserved it. I don't think anyone deserved to die, and it always kind of hurts when, when, vi when these kinds of things who start out, that start out as peaceful protests, end up ending people's lives. Yeah, and, I agree. It is tragic. Yeah. So in addition to that, there are a number of other things that happen that ha will have longer-lasting impacts, I think. Mm. A number of businesses that work with Donald Trump's organization uh, have broken away from him. Uh, there was a, a PGA tour that uh, uses one of his 
golf courses in Bedminster, New Jersey, and they've taken that away from him. Mm. Organizations that provide political donations, campaign donations to both Donald Trump and the Republican Party have now pulled their support. So you're hitting them in the pocketbook where it's going to hurt them probably the most. Hmm. There's also going to be a huge uh, security presence uh, at the inauguration on the 20th. That makes sense. Uh, yes, very much so. Now that the inauguration itself is going to be much smaller and less um, festive, I think, than normal. And that's largely because of the pandemic, but... I think because of that, it will be a little bit easier to secure. So there's going to be a, a large contingent of National Guard who are already in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a statistic that came out so yesterday that said there's more, Nash, there's more U.S. troops in Washington, D.C. than there are in Afghanistan and Iraq right now. Wow. Which is a alarming sign of the times, I think. Yeah. That we've gotten to that point. Uh, Local police agencies are also going to be involved, uh, as well as other government agencies like the FBI and Homeland Security and such. So there's going to be a a, a large securing presence there to make sure that there isn't any violence. A lot of the people that have been identified from the the protest, from the insurrection, uh, have either been arraigned, arrested, charged. Many of them have been added to the no-fly list, Mm. so they won't be able to travel during the time of the inauguration. Okay. And a lot of people in President Trump's organization have resigned, some key cabinet members. So his government's kind of falling apart right now with his last few days in office. Yep. What are your thoughts on on that, the fact that we have to have that kind of security presence in, in Washington, D.C. for a new president? Well, like you said, it is kind of sad because we've never really had to have so much security during these ins- during, during you know, inaugurations. Inaugurations, yes. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of sad because the fact that the violence just from him being certified, Joe Biden being certified, was honestly really dark. And imagine what would happen when once he's sworn into office, which is kind of why there's so much security and it is really sad that there's going to be more there's going to be more agents in Washington than there are in places where there's not much safety going on and yeah. it's just kind of sad to think about it that is that is kind of you know it's scary on one side and it's kind of reassuring on the other that <clears throat> our government was strong enough to withstand this yeah and uh it, you know i think it took everyone by surprise. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, it's hard for me to blame Donald Trump for the insurrection itself because I don't think he fully understood the effect that he had on his supporters. And I think what happened on January 6th was something that he never thought was going to happen, never even considered was going to happen. I think he figured people would go down there, they'd protest, they'd make a ruckus, and he would try to delay the the inevitable. And I don't think he ever, certainly not intentionally planned on causing an insurrection, but I, I think that speaks to his 
lack of understanding of his his support base. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, you know, a lot of the people that support him have have proven to be violent um, over the past four years. They've proven to be disruptive. They just haven't done it on the scale like this. And this looks like it was a very organized attempt to disrupt government. Yeah. Uh, as a result. Donald Trump has become the first president to be impeached twice. Mm. So the House of Representatives did pass a vote, a bipartisan vote, meaning both parties, the Democrats and support from Republicans, voted to impeach Trump. Mm. And they haven't sent those charges up to the Senate yet. Uh, They will. There will be a hearing, you know, uh, an impeachment hearing, probably after. Joe Biden is sworn in. So there's a very real possibility that Donald Trump could be the first president impeached for insurrection. Uh, And a lot of things can happen with that. There's nothing that's automatic, but he could lose his pension from the job. He could lose his Secret Service protection. He could be barred from running for office again. A lot of that stuff is still up in the air as as far as what the penalties are if he's convicted. Mm. But the problem's not over yet, though, Mm. because there's still an ongoing threat of violence, not just in Washington, but around the country. The FBI released information saying that there are violent protests planned for the capitals of all 50 states. So even here in New Jersey, they're ramping up security in Trenton, our state capital, to deal with any mobs like this. Now, fortunately, we're pretty far away from the state capitals that surround us, so chances of us having to deal with that kind of uh, violence or uh, commotion is, is relatively low. But how does that make you feel knowing that this is still an ongoing thing, that it didn't just end on January 6th? Well, it's definitely not good in the slightest and in fact it's kind of infuriating the fact that people still want to mess up the election and the fact that they still they still think that violence will solve everything and it's just uh, kind of hard to believe in so, some ways so Donald Trump has been probably the most prolific president on social media that we've ever had. Um, Most of his administration has been administered through Twitter, which seemed to be his medium of choice. In the wake of all this, he's basically been banned from everything. I mean, to the point that he was banned from Pinterest too, which, I mean, I don't know how you get banned from Pinterest, but so he doesn't have this outlet. He had been using these outlets, Facebook and Twitter and and other social media outlets to pass on these these carefully worded messages that would rile up his supporters but largely keep him within the letter of the law. Like, free speech only gets you so far. Yeah. You can't, you know, stand up in a crowded theater and scream fire if there isn't a fire because you're going to get people hurt. And a lot of people use that analogy to kind of parallel with some of the things that that Donald Trump has done on Twitter and 
other outlets. So they've taken that away from him, too. That's another consequence. Donald Trump's also begun to soften his language and curb his tendency to rile his people up. And I think a lot of that has to do with people around him trying to bring him in line. Mm. Uh, He's also stated he's not going to attend the swearing-in ceremony. Mm. So it's fairly traditional for the seating president um, on a... Inauguration day, typically what happens is the president-elect and the president will usually meet at the White House and have a, a, a brief meeting there. They might have breakfast. They might not. And then what they'll do is they'll get in the car together. They'll go off to the inauguration. They're both in attendance, obviously, at the inauguration. And then the president-elect returns to the White House now the president and the former president goes off and and does his thing and one of the traditions also is for the former president to leave a a letter of passing on some words of wisdom and it seems donald trump is going to avoid all of that the last account that i saw said he's going to be flying on air force one in the morning down to mar-a-lago where his residence is because he did not want to ask Joe Biden to use the jet to, to head home, nor did he want to leave Washington as a former president. Mm-mm. So as a result, he's not going to be there, and he'll be out of the picture. They've already started moving all of uh, his staff out. Mm. There were some pictures in the news yesterday about that. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that kind of makes him a... A sore loser? Do you think it's like what? Do you, what do you? What's your mindset with that? What do you? What do you think he's his thoughts are? I mean, the fact that he's breaking a lot of the old traditions that used to happen, and the fact that he's not going to try and make peace with Joe Biden is kind of immature of him. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's disappointing that that we're kind of throwing away. So many years of tradition because he doesn't want to accept the results. Yeah. So when he gets out of office on the 20th, because transfer of power happens at noon on January 20th, uh, he'll still be facing his impeachment charges, which could have uh, federal consequences to it. Mm -hmm. But he's also facing another set of legal challenges with his income tax and some business practice issues, and a bunch of other things at the state level. So there's a number of uh, lawsuits that are swirling around Donald Trump when he gets out of office. Mm. There's been over 100 arrests so far from the rioters, which doesn't strike me as odd because these people were brazen enough to do these things with cameras rolling. I mean, some of these people waved to the cameras and posed for the cameras. And and I have to wonder, you know, I've struggled to put myself in the mindset of what one of these rioters was like. When you know you're doing something wrong, you know you're doing something illegal, and yet you're trying to show off on the camera as if it's a reality TV show. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that when... And, and what would have riled these people up to go to the extreme that they did? Just your thoughts and opinions on that. 
Well, I've been thinking about it, and it's kind of a message about how bad society, about how bad modern society is. Like, they don't feel like they're doing anything wrong. They feel like, like you said before, they feel like they're patriots. They're with the country. They're going, they're doing something that the pa- that people, that people would, that people who want the country to succeed would do, yet it's the complete opposite. And the fact that they're like, like showing off in front of the cameras just makes them seem entirely immature. And the fact that they don't care if they're causing violence, they think it's fun. They're trying to show off. They're trying to make it seem cool, but it's not. And it's just like a bad, it's just like a bad metaphor for our society now. Like, like people think, like when people do bad things, they think it's cool. They want to make other people think it's cool when it's really not. When you think about it, it's, especially when I try to put myself in their shoes, nothing anyone could do would ever make me be- like, if I was going to do something bad, I wasn't going to try and show off and say, oh, hey, this is good. Maybe I'd say that to myself, even though I know I'd be down, I know I'd be lying, but I'd never have the goal. I would never have the ability to show off and make it seem as though, oh, it's just something that we were going to do. It's not that bad. <sighs> I yeah. just can't. Well, I agree, and, and I've had a difficult time wrapping my head around it, too. Let's take a quick break. <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to talk about how parents can help their teens cope with stuff like this and, and, and how to talk to your teens about it. Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fans. We'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week. We'll talk about theme park and pop culture news. We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. Our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com. Welcome back. This week we are talking about the insurrection uh, on January 6th at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Talking about uh, what happened, what the aftermath was, and we're going to talk a little bit about how parents can help their teens uh, cope with the the insurrection and events sort of of this nature. So the first thing that we talk about here is give your children the space to ask questions. You need to have an open dialogue. You need to create a safe space for your kids to discuss these things. And for the parents, that that means being calm in the discussion. Don't be judgmental. And 
you have to approach the conversation with your listening hat on, so to speak. Kind of like we're doing here today, you know, it's everyone develops their own feelings when things like this happen. And, and a lot of times you just need that safe space to, to discuss those feelings. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this deep down inside? What do you think this means? What do you think the implications are for you, for the country and, and everyone moving forward? Well, I definitely feel as though this day is not going to be forgotten anytime soon. It might go it might even go down in history, who knows? Because well, it's extremely major and I definitely think that this transition of presidency is going to be probably one of the more the more infamous ones. Yeah, and I agree, and having lived through some significant historical events myself you know the the i remember the challenger blowing up on my birthday you know i remember 9-11 there there are certain gravitas that's associated with significant historical events where they become footnotes in history and and the world sort of pivots around those and it changes the world for everyone and I, I think this particular event is going to be one of those moving forward. Mm-hmm. The next thing we talk about is limiting your media exposure. And that's really based on the age of your child. You know, there can be a lot of tension between shielding your child from real life exposure and too much exposure. A lot of parents have that conflict. Mm-hmm. But by limiting your media exposure and your social media exposure, you can avoid that flood of information that it depends on the source, how accurate and true that information is. Mm -hmm. And, and teens and kids don't always have the capacity or the time or the attention to sift through multiple pieces of information to find that truth. Mm -hmm. So by limiting that truth, the, the parents at least can present a unified front And the other concern is that children tend to emulate what they see, and and you really don't want kids seeing what these rioters did and thinking that it's okay to do that sort of thing. Yeah, like how they make it seem. Yeah. Like I mentioned before. Exactly. So, talk together with your kids. Explain it to them the best you can. Try to be unbiased about it. Present the facts as they are, which is largely what we tried to do here today. And then, you know, the next obvious thing is to reassure them that they're safe. You know, for us, Washington, D.C. is a long ways away. You know, we're in New Jersey, so it's not too far, but it's far enough that riots aren't going to spill over into our streets here, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But seeing things like this can be scary. You know, it's the thought of of your government being taken down. You know, we see stuff like this on the news, but it's far away. It's in third world countries in Latin America or Africa or something like that where you have military coups and, and people are being dragged into the streets and violence and all that scary stuff. And when you see it happening on your own city streets and your own capital, It's kind of alarming, isn't it? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely say, like, 
Although it's scary when it happens in other third world, third world countries, you know at least it might not spill over towards you. But I, I can't imagine what would happen when the people on January 6th at Washington DC knew the Capitol, saw what was happening, and were around and just saw the violence and just the horror of it. Yeah. Yeah. So parents need to be transparent and honest. You know, don't sugarcoat what's going on here, but you don't necessarily have to go into the grueling detail. We talked about some stuff in here that was graphic to a certain extent about the deaths of the people that were involved. Uh, you might not need to go into that level of detail with your kids. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it's better to say nothing than to try to be vague and, and leave your kids confused. But kids can tell when you're not being honest. Yeah. And, and times like this, you need to have that authority of honesty. You need to have that credibility that honesty presents. And the other thing is talk about bad actions, not bad people. People can do bad things, but it doesn't make them bad people. Yeah. Uh, Labeling people as bad or good can be confusing. Talking about the actions and behaviors can help to highlight what you do and don't condone without confusing your children. Yeah. So... You know, we talked about protests. Protests are okay. It's it's a good thing. In fact, we encourage you to protest things that you think are wrong or need to be changed. But when those protests turn violent and they turn into riots, that's where you've crossed the line. That's where you have to back off and you have to not be associated with that. Mm-hmm. Highlight the helpers. We, we kind of did that when we talked about our Capitol Police here. Yep. There's typically a lot of helpers during times of crisis, and highlighting them can help instill a hope in your child. It also helps keep the balance that your child's not left with only negative memories of the situation. There are people there who have who stood up, who became heroes, who defended other people. The Republicans, there were 10 Republicans in Congress who voted for impeachment because they thought that the president crossed the line and went too far. It took a tremendous amount of courage for those 10 Republicans to stand up against who was really a popular president in their party and a very powerful president. It took real courage to stand up to them and vote to stop the madness, you know, to impeach this president once and for all for what he did. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that need to have credit, that need to get the support and the recognition for having the courage to stand up. Sometimes that's all it takes. You know, in situations like this, everybody's shocked, everybody's scared, and having someone that has the courage to stand up and do the right thing can really alter and change the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Who else do you think deserves credit in this case here and, and, and some praise? Well, to anyone, well, I'm glad that the people who originally did support um, you know, like some of these, like the Republican Party, well, not the people who did support the president, not knowing about the actions of 
what he said and what could lead to it. It's kind of ref- it's kind of nice to see those people finally realizing, okay, something has to be done, and stepping down and trying to go the other side. Yeah. Somebody else I think deserves some credit here are some of the newscasters who were in the middle of this. Yeah. You know, President Trump has spent four years vilifying the media in general and, and certain networks, specifically like CNN. And you had some reporters who were on scene doing their job trying to report, and they were the target of violence and the courage that they had to stand there and stand their ground and do their job. I think is definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, I definitely have to say when I was watching the news and saw like the news people at at the scene and just seeing the violence behind them, I mean, they had a lot of courage, like still being able to go on beyond script and still remaining calm. Yeah, absolutely. So you also want to keep your own feelings in check as a parent when you're talking to your kids about these sorts of things. I know I tend to get very riled up with these sorts of things. Uh, When I sat there and watched what was happening, I was outraged. I was angry. I was annoyed. Uh, I had all kinds of feelings as I watched everything unfurl. But it's one of those things where when you sit down with your kids and have this kind of discussion, you can't let those feelings dictate the conversation. Mm -hmm. You have to let your, your... have to sort of put those feeling, feelings aside for a little bit and and convey the information and give your children a chance to express their feelings and to name their feelings. That's a that's another important thing. You know, situations like this are a chance to teach kids emotional literacy where they can't necessarily express their feelings or describe their feelings in general. This is a time to help those kids define what those feelings are and and give definition to what some of those feelings are like outrage you know most kids most kids don't feel outrage you know you, these are uh, mature emotions that surface later in life that when you see something like this and you see somebody out there trying to destroy your government you may have feelings that you don't quite understand or or know what they mean and This is a good opportunity to give the kids a chance to learn about those feelings. What were your feelings when you saw this happening? Well, at first I was kind of shocked and didn't entirely believe mommy at first because, like, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. And then when I started seeing it, I started feeling sad, upset, angry, all at the same time, and... I just, and since I was getting so many negative emotions, I just wanted to turn it off and just, you know, distract myself with something else or do something else. That way I didn't have to think about it too much. Yeah, and and that's that's a coping mechanism. And, and the last thing that we talk about here is to teach healthy coping mechanisms. You know, teach kids how to navigate some of these big feelings, you know, whether it's breathing exercises or doing some exercise or music to distract you from it. You know, a lot of the stuff that we've, we talk about on this podcast really are coping mechanisms for different triggers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that we've talked about, some of the uh, meditation stuff we've talked about, 
just talking about it, getting it out in the open, asking questions, getting those feelings exposed and talking about them is a very good coping mechanism. And you do that through some of the normal family rituals that you do, having your dinners together. You know, family dinner in the evening is a great time to talk about these types of things and sharing these feelings and working through them is an important thing. Have you felt that you've been getting those outlets that you've had a chance to to try to cope with these feelings yourself? Yeah, I definitely think that the fact that I'm able to talk with you guys very openly with our feelings is something that I'm very help that has definitely helped me a lot. Um although distractions do kind of help at some point you got to have to you got to have those feelings come out. You can't just boil them up or ignore keep them bottled up or ignore them entirely they're gonna pop up at some point and i definitely think that having the outlet to talk with you guys about it has definitely given me a much calmer approach to it i agree i think that was really all we had today i I really just wanted to kind of talk about what happened and what the outcomes were and I'll make sure that we're on the same page here about how we're going to deal with it and where we think we're going to go moving forward. Um, there's still a lot that's going to come out from these events. There's still a lot to happen with the inauguration and everything, and hopefully we, we stay away from the violent side of things. But I think we've kind of crossed a threshold, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, with the change of administrations here, I think we're going to see a little bit more normalcy return, at least to our country, but hopefully to the world in general. The last four years under Trump have been different, chaotic, unpredictable. Uh, and I and I think that's largely what he wanted. You know, he... He wanted to come into the presidency and sort of shake things up and sh- and stir up the status quo and and show that you know the politicians that you keep electing in the office aren't out for your best interest and and I think he largely accomplished a lot of the attitude of what he wanted to. Uh, I don't know if the practical side of things really came out the way he wanted, uh, but. He's going to be leaving office probably as the most disgraced president in the history of this country. Twice impeached, lawsuits pending as he leaves office. He may wind up going to jail at some point in time. I don't know. It's not the kind of legacy I would have wanted if I was a president. Definitely not. So so that was all we had. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get your closing thoughts and finish up the podcast business. Alrighty. Go for your closing remarks. Yeah, kind of difficult today. Um, I guess I'll just say that any parents going through this with their kids, uh, please do use the tactics we offered um, and try to make sure your kids understand that this is bad, but don't, like, shove it down their throats. Okay. I think sound sage advice that we normally get from you in Thank these you. closing remarks. Uh, before we go, I, I will uh, take a moment to annoy our listeners and our viewers once again. 
to subscribe to the podcast, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, etc., etc. Audio versions of the podcast are available as Insights into Teens. Video versions are available as Insights into Things. We also encourage you to reach out to us. Give us your feedback. Tell us how we're doing. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. On Twitter at insights underscore things. You can get high-res versions of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insightsintothings. We do stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you do get a free Twitch Prime. I think it's Prime Gaming or whatever it's called now. Uh, you get a free subscription monthly. Uh, if you threw that our way, we would greatly appreciate it. Audio versions of the podcast can be found at podcast.insightsintoteens.com. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast, on Instagram at insightsintothings, and on our website you can get links to all these and more at www.insightsintothings.com. And you. And don't forget... And don't forget to check out our other two podcasts, Insights into Entertainment, hosted by you and Mommy, and Insights into Tomorrow, our monthly podcast, hosted by you and my brother, Sam. Very good. That's it. Another one in the books. Bye, everyone. Bye.